Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to episode seven of Chicago Baseball Podcast. As always, I'm joined by the co-host, the executive com- uh, producer, the commish, the styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, and wheeling dealing son of a gun himself. Kids for the win. What's up, buddy? What is happening? That was <sighs> that was absolutely perfect, and every. It was absolutely true. Pitchers and catchers have reported they're doing their catching. They're doing their catching. Uh, beautiful. I saw a uh, pitcher. I don't know it was some guy picking up a couple of balls, and behind him was the sun was setting in the Arizona, and all the palm trees behind. Him. It was actually pretty cool. I got a little tear in my eye, but uh, it's doing well. I am. It is cool to see on Twitter and social media. Uh, pitchers and catchers playing catch doing simulated things taking the bands taking the rub, the rubber bands and stretching their shoulders and working their elbows all right we should jo- enter our guest mr max welcome back glad to be back so what's going on not much just the same thing, kind of watching some pitchers and catchers play catch. It's interesting, but I'm glad. To, I'm, I'm glad baseball. You know, back. I, it's it's an exciting time of year for me. You know, I, there was actually a thing on the athletic drink um, that actually said, "Why is it? Why do pitchers and catchers report early?" And they asked this like baseball historian, and he 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 didn't know. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. Like literally I read an article and the end of it was there was no conclusion at all. And it was it was like seventeen different guesses. I mean literally it was like a hundred different guesses. And they had a piece of paper that was from like nineteen twenty six that actually had the words on it. Pitchers and catchers have reported. And that was the earliest um uh known like our piece of paper that had it on it. And it was like a but something from like a team that was in Cincinnati at the time. It was a uh, a memo from their like general manager to the owner, just to let him know that 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 it happened. And I guess like that when he typed it up, it got to him like five days or six days later. Hmm. It, it it's not like they report much earlier. What is it like twelve hours before the rest of the players start getting there? No, it it's a week. No one's it's, there yet. I get the impression that there's players at spring training at this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, so like the players that I know that are there, like right now, like what's his name from um, the Mets? Who's the guy that stepped in a hole and broke his ankle when he was on his farm. So he's been there for like two weeks. I I keep seeing that shit. And then uh, Nick Senzel has been there earlier because, you know, maybe some rehab guys are are there. Yeah, some rehabs, guys, but like no one else is there. I mean, you know, besides Bregman and um, Altuve, they're there just because they got to rehearse what they need to say to the media, probably. But otherwise, than that, I, no, no one's there. And not the, not, I, that's my, my thing always was that like February 13th, 14th, and 15th, every year, pitchers and catchers report. And then the 20th, 21st, and 22nd is when the hitters report. And then the 24th, 25th, and 26th yeah. is when games start. So. But uh, yeah, pretty it's, cool. It's getting close. People, a lot more injury reports and a lot more injury updates. So it's crazy. Oh my god, it's it's yeah. it's insane. Yeah, I, I today was today was especially in the last like two hours, it was flushed with it. Yep. So 
But thanks for Max for coming on. No Appreciate it. Absolutely. Today's episode, we will discuss. Matt will uh, share with us Miz's thoughts on the mock draft from last week's show. Uh, we will have our one question that also came from Niz and the mailbag with Valentine's Day being yesterday. There's a lot of love in the air, and Matt will share his players that he loves on each team, projections, and Matt's mom. We want to talk about her. So <laughs> that will be today's episode. Um, Matt, do you have any Google Docs updates? Yeah, uh, so I updated it actually today with uh, PJ's drop of um, Paxton. Um, he, I have a note on here. It says PJ needs to be fined $12. He, he was fined. Uh, he had $17 in his winter meeting tab. I took that $17 and I dropped it 12, minus 12. So he has $5. Uh, okay. I just was looking at that. I was just looking at last year's um, league doc and it looked like he had negative $22 coming into this season. And it still hasn't met negative $22 from fines from last year. Maybe, maybe you put it in a different box. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's a different, so that, that negative $22 stays. I don't want, I, I never want to take that out because there was like five years ago where I didn't have this in the winter meeting doc. It, it wasn't like it was all together. So that's why there's so many different boxes. So that winter meetings mm-hmm. box so essentially, he got eleven dollars. Oh, you. you took it out um, yeah. from Scott, six dollars from Dom, and then negative whatever twelve. So you're at five. Gotcha. And you should be able to add it all together down there. That's I mean that's just the way I've been doing it. That negative that that though, especially the money from the twenty twenty. I, I like to keep that so you I know exactly you. what cool. that is. And then uh, last on the winter uh, the winter meetings. Um, uh, the doc, the fantasy baseball doc that I update and everything. I, and I, everyone always says, thanks a lot. You do a good job and all the hard work. And I appreciate that a lot. I just want to say, I appreciate everyone really checking it, you know, periodically or, you know, even more than twice. And, you know, giving me the feedback. I, I messed up with Dave's team. It was like, uh, I was a dollar off, I think, um, just because he didn't have any four years on it. And uh, so I, I apologize for that. And every once in a while, I'm going to mess up. So, you know, thank you, everyone, for being patient and just, you know, um, keep checking it throughout the year to make sure I'm doing what I'm doing correctly. You know, uh, I take a lot of time, and I, I am very prideful in it. Uh, I like doing it for whatever crazy reason. But um, thank you very much for everyone's support. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, we'll move on to uh, last week's guest topic for Sean was – uh, mock draft, you said you and Niz had some good text going on, um, and he had his thoughts. If you could share what Niz uh, was saying about the mock draft. Yeah, you know, Niz wanted – I was asking Niz if he would want to come on, and I know he's uh, busy with moving, so uh, he basically – let me know he was busy with moving so he can't come on. I mean, and he had some good stuff to say about it. Uh, the more I thought about it, I kind of, let's say don't agree with it, but I don't know if it's, you know, a hundred percent relevant, but at the same point in time, I think it was still good. And basically what he was saying was a mock draft. If you were to go into a mock draft and partake in a mock draft and at the end of the mock draft, you were like, you know, I wanted to get a second baseman and I ended up getting, you know, the, 
20th best second baseman, let's say, and looking at everyone else's team, you're like, wow, you would kind of realize that second base is, is shallow maybe this year, you know? Or maybe you look at it and you're like, oh, you know, I really wanted to get A.J. Pollock. I'm... You still there, Matt? Uh, it doesn't sound like we have Matt. Can yeah, you hear me now? You, no, we cut out, you cut out an A.J. So, Pollock. Okay, so, um, uh, you know, so the second baseman, you know, you can figure out, oh, the shell, second base is, is shallow, or you want to draft A.J. Pollock, and you spend $6 on him, and then you look at A.J. Pollock's stats, and you see that there's a player that has similar stats that you got or maybe a lot of other players got for a dollar. So then maybe you're like, okay, I want, you know, I'm not going to get this guy for $6 next time around. Uh, and I agree with them. What I disagree with, you know, and again, I'm not throwing shade at Ken or Sean, but those are the first two names that came up on this, is that I don't think Sean or Ken would do a mock draft, gather that information, and then use it in a draft. I don't, I honestly don't even know, you know, if half the, half of the players in our, our league would. Um, so, you know, I still don't think a mock draft is that useful. I think what Niz said is valid and it is kind of correct. And I, he, he, he's saying he's done a couple and I, you know, I, he sounds like they're beneficial for him, but the same point in time, I just think our league is so, so different that there are some things that could be helped by it. But at the same point in time, I mean, I, I remember four years ago, I did a couple mock drafts and I went into the draft with these numbers, those, those dollar values in my head, just remembering them and, it kind of screwed me up, to be honest. It kind of like I, – I remember – oh, I forgot who it was. It was a pitcher. I don't know if it was Scherzer or it was like – it was someone – like one of the higher-ranked pitchers at the time. I think it might have been Kershaw. It might have been Kershaw. And I was like, oh, he's going to go for like 42 He ended up going for like $57. And I was like, whoa, I was mm. way off. And it was – I wasn't way off. It was just – that's just what our draft is, you know? So – there, there are some things to take away. I'm, I'm just going to say that I, I thought the conversation me and this had was a good one. And uh, that's really about it. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to it. If not. Well, yeah. When it came up, when it came up last week and I was listening, I, I, I definitely, I definitely do a couple drafts. Like I have on my, uh, on my phone, I have draft wizards by fantasy pros. Um, and it's kind of it has an auction draft. Oh my god, I hate that one. Yeah, but it's so got much. the auction. It's got the auction calculator or auction. Um, you can do a mock auction draft, and same with if you get in Yahoo and you go into auction. So I don't do a lot of mock um, snake drafts, um, just because we don't do snake drafts. I mean, I mock a couple other snake. Like I do snake drafts for snake draft leagues and mock and do mocks there, but because of like keepers or in our in our league the the contracts and the values on contracts and everything that's going on it's a lot harder um and i think that's and when i was getting ready when i first joined the league and did some i never did an auction before so i did some mock auctions it kind of kind of threw me for a loop where you know trout went for last year trout went for what 63 bucks 70 70. you would never go for that in a in any kind of auction with or without like if you do Yahoo, um, you can get in there with a couple of players that probably auction their first like six players and then they drop out and it just becomes you auctioning against computers. Um, so it's not really, it's not really helpful, but I do think like you said, it, it does help with positional ranking, like positional depth. And 
if you skip or if you let a couple of second basemen go um, because you're afraid you're, you're you don't value them there, um, you you quickly learn how shallow um, positions might be when it comes to depth um, and your ability to find find players that you either a want a roster or um, have that ha- bring those things bring those stats to um, the table that you need. So are they beneficial? I don't think they're hugely beneficial. Uh, I think we're going to, we're talking about some projections later on in the, in the uh, agenda here. And I think that um, the more involved I get in our projection tools, the less involved I am with mock drafts. Yeah. And I just wanted to throw this out there too, is that we do these mock drafts and it, half the time the players or the whoever's, you know, in there mocking them, they're yeah. gone. They're gone after like the first like five or six rounds or, you know, $200 spent. And then the other thing is I always like to try to get a couple of dollar players in these, you know, mock drafts here and there. And just looking at Dave's team, Dave's has three guys on his team that I value at a dollar. I really do think a dollar, maybe two or three dollars there, but Ryan McMahon, Danzy Swanson and Loris Guriel. I like all three of those guys quite a bit as a dollar to $2 to $3 players. And I even tried to, you know, trade uh, for one of them um, a while back. But um, if you get them for a dollar, who cares? They're on another person's team. Mm -hmm. And now you're just looking at the mock draft as who's available for me to try to get on my team. You know, I mean, I guess you could use it as, okay, you know, Ryan McMahon, he's going to give you these stats. Who else is going to give me the stats that's available? I could try to get someone like that. But, you know, I don't know. I just – I really don't see – I just really don't. More and more I think about it, I don't see that much value at all. Sorry, Niz. Did did we lose Dominic now? Did we lose Dominic? I'm here. (laughs) I was just just listening. I was just listening. So, uh, what about uh, what about what about Dom? Do you do mocks? I I can't remember what you said last week. I I kind of I'll do one every now and then, just kind of see where what people are doing, kind of like see what dollar ones are. Like you said, it does get tough because usually after guys spend their big name guys, they kind of drop off after their five, six guys, and then it's just auto drafting. But I do like um, the one you do on uh, Fantasy Pros where you can kind of – it just simulates it. You just click on it and it simulates and you can kind of go back and edit it. So uh, I kind of like that one because you can do a bunch of them pretty quickly and get a couple ideas. But like you said, it's just, you take a, like a little bit of it from it. Um, but I don't really pull too much in because it's because our league is so different and it's so hard to correlate, you know, having guys, uh, $1 guys and $2 guys that are going to go Way like thirty, forty dollars. So it's it's just nice to kind of get an idea for the back end of it and see what people or what the computer is doing at the end. So that's kind of my yeah. thoughts on it. Um, so I think anything else you guys want to share about that or thoughts before we move on? No, I was gonna. We're just gonna tie in this uh, part of the show with the uh, questions that we received. I guess. Yeah. So uh, I, only one I know that we got was from Niz, and uh, we, we two from Niz. Two from Niz. 
Yeah, his first one was um, Dom. How do you trade with Matt? Um, <laughs> oh. oh, here, hold on, hold on. Here, here, I'll, I'll read the whole thing. Yeah, I know. He sent it to me, and I, t- I told him he was an a hole for sending <laughs> it. But uh, here it is. Ready? This question is for Dom. How do you get Maddie to trade with you? Or better question is, how do you block him from backing out of your trades? <laughs> uh, I that right now after you With trading with Maddie, you're going to have to usually do a lot of phone call, texting, and going back and forth for a while on it. Even when you think you're close, uh, he is probably going to go off with his ADHD and go on another tangent or another trade or say, let's wait a little bit. So I kind of know that's going to happen. So when you kind of told me that you were all of a sudden you, hit, you were going to do something with Max, I wasn't kind of surprised because that's what usually happens because you do like to get maximum value uh, for your player. So um, you always have trade A and trade B going. So, is you need to be patient, and after it kind of fell through, you kind of got to revisit and go all over again, and that's just how it goes with you, I feel like. Some good stuff. And then uh, Niz's uh, second question, which is a more straight-up question, more relevant. Uh, what is your strategy in RPs this year? It seems like all the top-end RPs like Chapman, Jansen, and Kimbrell have all shown their age this past year, and no other relievers have stepped into their stepped into their mantle. Um, does it make sense in our league to pay up for the available RPs, or has it become a hugely devalued position going into this year? Dom, Max, one of you can lead it off. Go ahead, Max. You first. Um, I mean, it depends. I mean, look at what Scotty did last year with our, with his uh, all his closers and his. So Scotty had a couple top level starting pitchers. Um, he would get their one start in if they had good starts. He he'd just sit everybody else and just throw his RPs to maintain ratios, win, um, and then win saves. And he would he would have the majority of the pitching categories pretty much locked up. I, I, I would think that that happened 70% of the weeks for uh, Scotty last week or last year. Um, so I think there is, there is a strategy to where do you want to invest in a top level? Like look at, look at Kirby Yates. He was what, he was the number one closer last year, right? Maddie, you had him. Yep. But there are two other people in that bullpen that have just the, the same skill set to close. Now we have uh, Pagan, Don Munoz and Yates are all quality close or could be closers on any other team in the, in the majors. So. And so with the, with the guy they got from, Pagan. um, San, oh, Francisco. From San Francisco. No, the oh. other guy. Yeah. I, I know about Pomerantz. Um, yeah. Pomerantz. Yeah. He could, yeah, he, he could close Milwaukee. So I got a little confused He he came from the Brewers, but anyway, he was a free agent from, yeah, he, he was Milwaukee picked him up last year. Oh Yeah. Yeah, so, okay. so, I mean, you, you look at that bullpen situation and you think Kirby Yates is the main closer, but at the same time, what's stopping them from pivoting and saying, no, he's going to go in the seventh and then we'll let somebody else close out the game because the seventh is the most critical, are going to be the most critical outs in this particular um, game or particular day. So, 
I mean, and then how many how many saves were picked up off the off the waiver wire last year? I mean, I picked up Carlos Martinez. Um, uh, I picked up Pagan. I picked up a lot of people at the end of the year, um, in hopes of them swinging some categories and getting me out of the out of the gutter when it came to my my rank in the in the league. It didn't get me where I wanted to go, but it did. I did find a lot of saves on the waiver wire the last month and a half, two months of the season. So. Yeah, I um, I was looking at it. You can't really find it anymore. I was just trying to find it now. But there was three teams last year that were definitely in the bottom half of um, uh, of the league in saves. And inside of Yahoo, during the season, you can always go to the um, the little click down Dropbox, where you can go to like the Roto standings, um, or you can see the the stats. And um, I guess you could kind of do it from final rosters. But um, just like myself last year, I mean, I had three guys that all got me. Well, I, I guess I did give one away, but I, I had three guys all year that were eligible to give me around 30 saves. You know, I had I had Rogers for some of the year. I also had Kimbrel. You know, those guys together probably got me 13, 14 saves in the second half. I had the eights the whole year. I did have Doolittle in the beginning of the year. And I've looked at this a couple of different ways going into 2020 now. I don't want to be one of those three guys at the end. They, their, their teams every week was, I, I don't know. I just felt like none of those teams, I know Drew was one of them. Who else was one of them? It was Drew. I, I can't, I, think, I guess I, I think, can't think of I it think now, Dave, but. Dave completely punted saves. Maybe, maybe it was Dave. Yeah. I think it was too. Um, but I just remember playing those teams and it's like, I, you felt like if you got one, one save, I was like, you were, you felt like, I don't know. I just was like, you felt a little better about the week. So, you know, as far as Niz's question, do you want to draft the guys that we, that are available? I think, yes, you do. Do you want to draft the elite ones versus the middle tier one, the middle tier ones, or the, you know, the ones that might get you 10 saves or they're going to lose their job. I think that's the more of the question. Um, and I think that the, the elite ones are probably worth their price having one or two of those guys, I know there's not many of them. There's really not, you know, and maybe there's only like two or three of them. I think that they're, they're worth their price for sure. And the middle tier ones might be worth a dollar or two more than what they're worth. I think where I'm staying away this year or what my philosophy might be is those lower end guys that are maybe on like Seattle or um, I don't know, Tampa Bay, like, I'm staying away from those teams. I just don't know what's going to happen with those teams and I'm just going to stay away, but I might save an extra five or six bucks in the draft, not draft an extra, you know, maybe draft a dollar player and then save a couple extra bucks, knowing that there's going to be a player later on. that's going to get saves. that's going to emerge. Yeah. I think you, you want to have those, those bigger guys, you're going to have to pay, but you know they're going to be in that position all year, and they're going to get you, majority of the time, they're going to get you the saves. Um, I kind of went last year, I went with one, and then I tr- tried to get a couple setup guys, and then the whole year I just was trying to play, you know, the waiver wire and trying to get the next hot guy, and you're constantly throwing money in, and, you know, if you would have just spent the money at the draft, you would have had the guy instead of spending all this waiver money, hoping you catch 
the the guy that steps up or takes over. So in the end, if you want, you got to have saves. Um, so it does help with the ERA and WHIP that you need to spend the money. You do get lucky with some dollar guys every year. There's that one guy you can draft or whatever that no one kind of wants, or you get that guy off the waivers. But I think it's just well worth it to have the those those one of those studs and not have to worry about it every yeah, week. I, I just think about like Wade Davis last year. I think Wade Davis went for to like twelve to fifteen bucks and was in and out of the closer position. Didn't really add a lot of value. Um, but like Araldis Chapman, he's going to be the closer all year for the Yankees. So it's just where do you invest and who do you invest in and then leave yourself enough money to make a couple moves. And I think, Dom, that's kind of the question that you wanted to talk about a little bit is having money left over after the draft or fully, yeah. dra- fully invested in the draft. And I think there's categories like saves and steals, um, home runs, where – if you invest a hundred percent of your money in the draft or leave yourself with only like a, like five or six bucks, um, you're going to fall. I feel like you fall quickly behind uh, because you can't, you can't drop one of your players that's underperforming like your dollar, $2 player that's underperforming and pick up somebody else that's just having a better season or a hot streak, um, a hot couple of weeks. And it kind of puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah. And I, you know, another thing on that too is, um, I, I think that the, I don't know, the whole saves like category and quality start category is something we need to look at. And then I, I just, I don't know if that's just the, I don't know if those are the two right categories for fantasy baseball. Yeah. I, I was actually listening to a, both, both those two things. I need to, they may need to go away and we might need to, to look at I, I think I think they could just become plus categories to where it becomes wins plus plus no, minus like wins plus quality starts. So if if Verlander goes if Verlander quality starts blown or losses. Um I mean if you want to do quality starts and losses, but again, I I just feel like if you when you combine those two things, like if you combine them in a generator and get and it spits out like you know, who's the top over 2019, who is the top winning and top quality start pitcher, like combining those things to where Verlander went out and he got a win and a quality start that he, that, you know, that player would get that, that team would get two points instead of just one um, for that game. Um, If you were to, if you were to do a search on that, I think that you'd, you'd be much more satisfied with the top 20 pitchers than you were if you just had quality starts or if you just had say, or if you just had wins. So I think combining the two yeah. equals a better result and same with saves and holds. I mean, just the league is the way that pitchers are used in the, in the latter stages of a game, it's different to where, but holds is still very, very wonky. And like, there's some guys in the top 10 of holds from last year that you would never, you don't even know their names and you don't know who they play for. If I was to give you their names, you wouldn't know who they played for. And then another thing to consider too, going into the season is is the uh, three batter rule now. Yeah, I, I don't know how that would affect really anything, but it is something that is different and something that might be you know, it might affect. Yeah, something. we'll have to see. But yeah, good questions, Niz. We uh, do appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the input. Yes, definitely.
All right, uh, we will move uh, into your loves with Valentine's Day, Maddie. You uh, wanted to talk about the players that you love on everyone's teams. Yes, so I typically hate and trash and bash people's teams and trades and everything else. That's just who I am. So I thought it's Valentine's Day, Maddie. Just uh, call myself Maddie. Hate when I do that, but anyways. <laughs> um, the uh, what I was trying to get out of here is is that everyone's got a player on their team that I really do like a lot, and this isn't uh, Max kind of uh, asked about this uh, pre podcast. Are these players that I like at value? Are these players that I like because of their stats? These are just players that I just like and I would like to have on my team, and maybe really that's about it. I'm not saying that you know I would pay you know the price of some of these players. You know, I think it's actually some some of them are kind of high, but the these are just players I just love. All right, there's not much more to that than what it is. Um, and I'll say a little bit about each one. We'll go into it, but I'm going to make it short. Let's all right. Let, so let's, Trevor Story let's and rotate. Scott, you do one, I do one. Dom does one. We both have we all have lists here. Yeah, all right, I see it. All right, so, so we'll see a player in each person's yeah, team. Just, then you you do one off your list, and then I'll do one, and then we'll rotate until we get tired. All right. So uh, I have Scotty's team. I have Trevor Story. I, I, I even go on a limb on this one. I think Trevor Story will outperform or he'll be the best Rocky. How about that? In fantasy baseball in 2020. Because Arenado won't be a Rocky. Chris Bryant will be. He's going to be a Cub. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> well, I was really going to say he's going to be better than Arenado. Okay. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I, I want to put a stake bet on that, but okay. Steak and liquor bet? You want to do a steak and liquor, steak nope. and liquor bet? Not on okay. that bet. But we can come up with some, I'm sure, as we go through these. <laughs> How about this? How about this? So I was looking, and this gets into a little bit of what we're talking about later. ATC. So. You're doing so you know, at the, um, at the like, it's something called in the business where you, you kind of just give a little bit of what we're talking about later. We don't right, go too so, much okay, into fine, it. So people, do, him and Sean. <laughs> Him and we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about and it later. Dave, just don't want to tease. They just want to cliffhangers, they just man. Go balls deep. They want to just pound. It. I know. And you know what? Pound it. Let's, let's talk about everything right, right. now. It's very no second. Foreplay. No. You got to oh. do a little foreplay. You got to. You got yeah. to get them. Podcasting one on one. Foreplay. Yeah, that's why I only come on every four weeks. <laughs> 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 so you got Trevor's yeah. story. So. Yeah, Maddie had Trevor Story. I'll, I'll throw a name out there. I like, uh, I like uh, Kevin Biggio. Um, this is on Ken's team. I think there's a lot of upside here, a lot of pedigree, um, just with his dad play, uh, being in the bigs as well. Um, but again, I think this could be a 2020 threat um, to where um, he's got some speed on him, and then he's got a little bit of pop, and he's very, very conservative at the plate, which I think is going to make for a high OBP in our league. Um, so for a dollar for the next couple of years, I think that um, this is going to be maybe not a top five at short or second and whatever other eligibility he gains. Um, but I really feel like this can, he can be one of those people that, you know, you, you find a lot of value um, for the next couple of years. So Kevin Vigio is somebody that I really like going in 2020. I also had story, but uh, the guy I really, obviously I have a major crush on, is on your team, Maddie, that I gave you was Kinsanera. Uh, I know Max obviously had strong feelings for him. Uh, I think him beyond the Brewers, 
Miller or whatever it's called, Miller Park is just a fantastic place for his offense and power and just be able to do, do very well up north of Chicago in there and going to be there for a long time, especially playing second base with it being so shallow these days. Um, I think he was a, a great guy that I had a crush on. So that's my little statement about him. Uh, my guy, uh, going my turn mm-hmm. now, um, so it's $35 one year on Memo's team for Kershaw. And I don't know, every once in a while, I just get these feelings. I, I can't even explain it, but um, last year I had the feeling for Pete Alonzo, and I was willing to go, you know, as high as whatever it was to take him. Uh, but this year I just look at Kershaw and like, you know, I follow him on Twitter and some of the things he said, says, you know, versus like the past couple of years, like, dude, this guy is in the right place. And I think, feel, however you want to fucking say it. Um, they're great. Now, now, we're, now we're an R-rated podcast. Yeah, you just that dude. <laughs> That's fine. I, I'll, I'll put the disclaimer in there. Um, but Kershaw this year, he's like in the right spot. Like him and his wife are doing well. And like the things going around him are doing well. I just like at $35, it's probably going to be worth it. And it could be, he could be, you know, a $40 player, I don't think he's going to get you much more than that. But I, I see him doing more than what he's than what the projections say. I, I, I feel like he's going to really want to vindicate the whole, you know, Houston Dodger thing that came up recently. Um, and the, um, the way he was talking about that, I was, like, really listening to it. Like, and I listened to it, like, two or three times. And it was only, like, two minutes. But um, I don't know. He's one of the guys that this year I'm I'm uh, got a little bit of a stiffy over. Yeah, and uh, just to kind of follow up on his thirty five dollar like thirty five dollars in the draft is gonna it's that's a good price for a, a pitcher of his caliber. Um, just going in the draft and knowing what I've experienced the last couple of years. I mean Kershaw thirty five. He was he was remember there was that late breaking injury news right before the draft. And we thought $35 was ridiculous. Like, why are you putting $35 on this did. guy? Yeah. And it was good value last year. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be good value again this year, like you said. Um, so again, that just that high quality, steady, good, solid foundation or floor and pitching. Um, Kershaw is definitely going to provide that. And who has him now? I think he, I think he moved twice during winter. He, he, he just jumped around a couple of times. He did. He went to Kent. Ken, for whatever reason, got him from yeah. um, uh, Gun, and then traded him right away to two for two players that I had on my team. Or uh, yeah, he he wanted uh, Austin Riley really yeah. bad. When I trained with earlier, you know, at the end of the season, I was talking about Austin Riley. He's like, I don't want him. I don't like him at all. What changed? Austin Riley is what? Just because now his possibility has third base open? I yeah. have no idea. And it, just real fast, like I, I mean, you know, we're gonna talk about projections later, but. Simply put, like he has a mean projection right now, an average, if you will, uh, of like 180 innings. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good. It's more than yeah, that's good. It's more than what he's done the last four mm-hmm. years. Last time he had 180 innings, or at least somewhere in that range, was 2015 when he had 232. Um, then the year before that, 214 was 198. Those years, 2014, 2015, the guy was probably like a 45, 50 dollar player, I would assume. Um, and I mean, like 
he was ridiculous those years. That uh, 2014 year, I think it was when he had an under two year, yeah. right? I think. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just it's a gut feeling. I like yeah. the guy. Yeah, You're my up, next two, Max. I'm just going to group them together. Um, Andrew McCutcheon and Eric Hosmer. And I think Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth uh, a little I bit. Know, I'm sorry. I, I know, but it's not a. It's not necessarily about. I think that they're going to do something special this year. I think the teams around them have just improved so much. I think the lineup in Philadelphia has gotten better, um, and I and I know for a fact the lineup in in uh, San Diego has gotten better. To where Andrew McCutcheon leading off or batting second in that lineup in Philadelphia is a really good spot. Um, if he can stay healthy, which he hasn't the last couple of years. I think he's going to have a really strong season. And again, that's for Memo. Memo is just finding these diamonds in the rough um, that don't have the extremely low value of these one and $2 contracts, but they're contracts that make sense and will probably yield um, a little bit of gains for him. Um, And the other one is Eric Hosmer, which I was actually looking at Eric Hosmer before um, Sean got him from Dom and trying to figure out what made sense for me and an offer that I could, that I can make to Dom to where, I could get him and who knows, maybe Dom was like, I'm just going to drop the guy and get a dollar back. But um, I feel like the, the lineup around him has gotten better and he's getting paid by that, that, that ball club to play. So he's going to still bat second, third, maybe fifth in that lineup. And it's just going to produce some more counting stats. Um, and he's always been a guy that can get on base. He's just never had those counting stats. And I think this year there's going to be a bump in those, those stats to where he's going to be, again, he's not going to be a top 10 guy but there's going to be value in him. And um, if you, if you shove him in a utility spot or you bring him in when he's got a good, when he's at in a good ballpark or facing some soft pitching, um, I think he can yield some good results for whoever has him, which is Sean right now. Just real quick. I, I know I made the throwing up um, sound effect. I agree with everything you just said on both those players. I think Andrew McCutcheon has a possibility to has a possibility to have another hundred plus run season and Eric Hosmer is going to have one year. He just has to have one mm-hmm. year that proves that contract that he got. And I don't know why, but this year's kind of seems like the year. No, well, I mean, here's it just the thing. does. You, you reached out to me a couple of days ago about a trade for a player that added a third pitch to his arsenal. Okay. All Eric Hosmer has to do is put was that was today? today. I, I just, I was going to, I was going to defend it and say it was a couple of days ago. But, like, today – so, yeah, you reached out to me, like, an hour ago about a guy. <laughs> no one even knows who the player was, though. An hour ago about the guy. But, anyway, um, so a third pitch in an arsenal is huge. I think if if Eric Hosmer can make a little bit of an adjustment and get more launch angle, he could he could go from being a line drive guy to a home run guy. It's that simple. So, who knows? I- all I know, all I know, is that everyone that's listening to the podcast is dying to know who this pitcher is. <laughs> He's still on my team. I'll tell you um, that. Eric. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> um, the, the one thing too I like about Eric Cosmer is um, I'm not a big fan of Manny Machado this year, and you know, we are, we all know about that. But anyways, I think that hitting behind Tatis, Fam, and Machado is going to give Hosmer a lot. A ball's hit. Do you? I just Eric think Hosmer's like, average launch angle, 2019. Is it over or under five, five percent, or five percent? His average launch. Can angle. I cheat? No, you can't cheat. Over or under five. Ah, uh, fine. I won't look. Uh, 
uh, I'm gonna say well the way you're saying it, I'm gonna go over, over five. five. Dom, over yeah. or under five? Under. Under. You're right. It was two point one. <laughs> what was he doing? Slapping the ball on the ground. Average launch angle on on Statcast for 2019 was 2.1. Wow. So so, so, so it's, it's like who the hell knows it, what a good launch angle is? It's kind of like what's a good food cost in the restaurant business? It varies. <laughs> like what? Wait a minute! I thought that was what now? It's, it's, oh, it makes yeah, it but, good. But I like, like that. what's a good launch angle? I would say a good launch angle is not two point one percent or two point one degrees. No. So again, if he can make a little tweak in his swing, who knows what could be for who? Who knows what could happen for that guy? I guess the only the only drawback is or not drawback, but like I, what? How where, the hell did this go? We're spending too much fucking time in Eric Cosmo. Well, he has he has average barrel. He's at a seven. He's at a seven point. He's at a seven point three barrel. And a two point one launch. Yeah, angle. but here, it's ridi- it, so is it? Is it true that Tatis is gonna? Yeah, is it true that Tatis is gonna lead off? Is that do we do we see yeah. that as like yeah. the truth? Okay, so what? So his his sprint speed is is above average, yeah. right? From from what I've I've gathered, Tommy Pham, his sprint speed and his ability to steal bases above yeah. average, right? Okay, Machado, his actually sprint speed is. He, I think he's not he's not bad at it, and he's not bad at trying to steal a bag. He's not going to do it anymore, but he's still not bad. He's so so you have three guys that are hitting above him. that are all I would say above average in sprint speed and above average in first uh, you know from from base to bases uh, whatever they call that I forget mm-hmm. what that's called. I I could see him being like you said if he raised the launch angle enough to where he can just be like you know. Couple ducks on the pond, hitting a hitting a blooper into shallow right field or something like that. Any one of these guys are going to score from second or maybe even yep. first, for that matter. You know, I mean, Tatis hits you know um, you know a, a pop out to right, you know, and he's going to have a low average. He's going to be a pretty bad player this year. But then Fam gets on, legs out a single, and then uh, Machado strikes out, and then Hosmer comes up and you know a bloop single to right, like I said, and he's got an yep. RBI. And like I said, I like the value. I was going to – for $2, I was going to reach out to Dom about Hosmer. I just couldn't think of – and maybe it's because I didn't think long enough and hard enough about it, and I was just procrastinating. But I wanted that guy in my roster as an option to slide Bellinger out to the outfield. So, is what it is. Maybe I'll reach out to Sean now that he knows that. <laughs> I like him. If I'm Sean, I'd be, re- I'd be uh, reaching out to both of you. Um <laughs> I don't know if I would do Maddie after the, the the beating he took from him last week. I'd be like, you can kiss my ass. But uh, <laughs> now I got me swearing. But uh, um, my guy, I'm going to go with on this team, Devers, uh, another guy that just came out, started off slow last year, and by the end was just on fire playing in Boston. The Green Monster just gives him awesome opportunity to hit power and in that, so that's the guy I love. I wasn't gonna t- talk too much on him. Okay, just to, just to uh, compare. Go... So Devers last year, ten point three percent launch angle, nine percent barrels. So his barrels aren't much better, but his launch angle is right where Eric Hosmer needs to get to, and Eric Hosmer will turn into a great. Oh my guy. god! <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there, dude. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. 
done, done talking about Hosmer. Maddie. Um, yeah. So my guy is um, on Chris's team. It's um, what's it called? Um, Gavin Lux. I'm a little skeptical about how much his playing time is going to be. You know, there's still Dodger, Dodgeritis or Dodgers will Dodger. But um, yeah, I mean, dude is like, I don't know why, why didn't no, why was no one on this guy earlier? I feel like we should have been. I, I just it's a little like I look back and looking at like Prospect Three Sixty One. Um, what are those other guys? Uh, they do a pretty good thing on it. Uh, Razball does something, and he was in there. So I'm a little perplexed why no one was on him on our league and um he got him for what a buck i think so i'm really big on gavin lux yeah i i I don't think the um the trade falling through with jock peterson um i think puts him in a position where he might not even open with the big league ball club Um, yeah his playing time is in huge jeopardy right now yeah that's just my opinion he either needs a injury or a, a trade to go through so, so he can be in there all the time. They just they just don't have room, yeah, for him. Yeah, you know, just, with all the everyone they have, they just don't, don't have know. have it. You think so? I just, like who do you take out of your line? Who do they take out of the lineup? He's maybe third, but he's probably gonna be playing what second? Who? Yeah, who's right now? Who's their starting second baseman? What does Russell Resource say? I'm going to. I am too. Who's got it faster? Probably me. They got Seager at short. They have and they have Lux batting batting eighth. Yeah, they got him right here. I'm right, right after uh, Will. No, they got him ninth after Will yeah, Smith. But there's a pitcher, so it's eighth. So whatever. Mm. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh, they do have a thousand national league team, that everybody. Is, yeah, that's. I was trying to. That's go. crazy. I just, I, I would think that they would have put slid Taylor or somebody else there, but they got Lux there. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're all wrong. I guess we're all. Well, thinking. yeah, it's it's the Muncie, it's the Muncie at first and Bellinger in center. That's that's. I see Bellinger I playing a lot more at first than yeah. outfield. I think. Or I mean, Jock Jock's a uh, Peterson's a platoon guy, and that's who they have batting fifth and in left field. So, again, I I just think that. Lux's playing time is a little bit in question right now, but it might work out to uh-huh. where he's he's a full time guy. But um, at least after the first couple months of the season, my next guy is Tim Anderson. Wait, wait, hold hold on. What was what was what's the name's barrels right? Um, Who do you want? No, the guy I didn't Hosmer? want to talk about. seven seven. <laughs> yeah, Hosmer Hosmer is um, his barrels are seven point two. So Lux's was five point nine. I know saw small sample size, but still. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a couple people around him. Um, Anthony Rizzo is a seven. Eric Hosmer is a seven two. For who? Lindor. Uh, Francisco Lindor is a seven five. Vladimir Guerrero is seven seven. So um, even Nolan Arenado is an eight. So again, it's not a barrels problem in my opinion. It's a launch angle problem. Nolan Arenado is seventeen point seven launch angle. Eric Hosmer two point one. So, anyway, that's that. I'm getting too much into my draft prep. (laughs) (laughs) So, my next name was Tim Anderson. I think Tim Anderson is really suppressed by Yahoo, CBS, and 
and ESPN. And ESPN. I think this guy is a fantastic player. Um, I think he's going to run even more than usual this year. I think uh, the White Sox as a team are just going to be really aggressive. Um, and who can't love that personality? Bat flips, speaking his mind. Um, it's really what baseball needs. Um, I, I, I really like Tim Anderson. I try to get him from Gus, but Gus shut me down. He shut everyone down. With his, uh, he wants to carry four shortstops. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I try to get him. Even before he shut me down, and I still don't know why. But yeah, no, I I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. I'm gonna go with the obvious one, Mike Trout. Um, not take the money away of it. He's just he's he's the best in the game. Um, that's you know what else can you say about him? He's just as long as he's healthy, he's the best in the game. And why would you not like him? I wish MLB did, would do a better job promoting the, uh, promoting this guy. Uh, but I know him being on the east on the west coast doesn't do him any favors. But uh, this guy is does everything right and is just an absolute stud. Two things about Trout. Thing number one is I already have purchased two tickets to see Trout, so I'll see Trout twice this year, and I'm excited about that. And then. Um, Because it's kind of like going to see LeBron. I don't love LeBron, but you still got to go see the guy play live. And I'll be doing that two times this year with Trout. And then the other um, is I think he'll be playing in October this year. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, definitely having some protection behind him is going to be huge. Yeah, and whoever's sitting in front of him should be awesome, yeah, too. Yeah, it'll be good. He's got a good lineup around him now. So Yeah. Yeah, and the person who's betting in front of me. Great. <laughs> All right. I'm going to uh, – I got two guys here. I think it's the uh, version of this one person a year before, but I got Walker Bueller and um, Chris motherfucking Paddock. Dude, both these guys I love. I would like – love, love, love to have them both on my team. I think that Paddock uh, this year is going to have the training wheels taken off. And they're going to put, you know, they're going to give him, they're going to give him a bike that's going to have like a bell on it. They're going to have like, um, there's some flares on the side. Like I can see this guy in like a, he, you know, he's going to have this like all decked out by, he's going to have like flames on the side. Um, I'm not really know if this is going anywhere, this analogy, but anyways, I think Chris Paddock is like this year's or last year's version of Walker Bueller. And I think Walker Bueller now is the ace in, um, uh, Angels City. Um, what do they call it? Um, LA. <laughs> I don't know, dude. City of Angels? I don't know. Uh, Los Angeles. Know. City of Angels. Didn't you live there? Yeah, the, the Angels. <laughs> the Angels. I did. I, but, he's uh, on the, the Dodgers. I've had a lot. I've had, I've, I've had a couple of them. Is he on the right? Dodgers? Yeah. Well, but uh, both those guys I like a lot. And I'm really mad that I traded Paddock. And I'm just going to go out and say this. Is that the trade I made with Kevin stupid because I actually did a lot of research and if I would not have traded all those players, I would have been in the exact same situation that I was when I did trade them second place. Seven dollars I got from him didn't help is all I'm saying. And I'd rather have Chris Paddock and all those players that I that Ken has on my team. I mean, you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna waste away those players. They're just gonna sit there because he wants a hundred dollars for most of them. Paddock on unfortunately needs to I, I i'm a little skeptical on paddock because he needs to develop a third pitch right now he's got he's got a change up he's got a fastball and he's working on his slider 
correct? Or is it a curveball? But either sure. one. No, and also, no, he wasn't throwing the force. He might well, uh, two fastballs is – I mean, if you got trash cans getting banged on, it doesn't matter how many fastballs you throw. you got to have more <laughs> than two pitches. So – I mean, one's better than the other one is all I was saying. <laughs> well, anyway, my next guy um, is someone that you got, Matt, and his name is Bo Bichette. I just feel like this guy is becoming a – he's getting a lot of – I was wrong. He he had a change in the four seamer, sixty one point one percent. Change up is at eighty two point five, and the curve. You were right. Curve curve is uh is what he's working on. Only ten point four percent. So he is he's a three. He, wait a minute, hold on. He's a three pitch pitcher. Uh, he needs to get a better third pitch to become an ace, but it could happen this year. Who knows? Um, the curve is all over the goddamn place. Damn. All right, Bubba Sorry, go ahead. I think this guy's getting a lot of helium right now, um, but I think the helium is going to be legit. Again, he's pedigree, just like we talked about Biggio before. I brought up Biggio before. Um, projecting to do 2020 this year, I think he's going to outperform Vladimir Guerrero easily this year, and I'll put a stake and liquor bit on that with Niz if he wants to do it. And, yeah, Bubba good, good move, because I'm a little down on Pete Alonso this year. I think he's going to have a huge sophomore slump. And I think uh, Biggio or uh, Bobachet is going to perform, and I think he's going to perform in ways that, I mean, if if Pete Alonso doesn't hit 50 home runs, he loses a lot of value. So if he goes from 50 home runs to 38, it's a lot of value lost because he's not stealing bases. While Bobachet's still going to steal, um, and I think there's going to be just more and more counting stats as that uh, offense in Toronto gets better and better. Good move. Oh. Yeah, I good it. move, Maddie. Yeah. My I guy, I, I love um, is Trevor Bauer. Um, I think he's Matt once, uh, but not. And Matt is not as weird, socially awkward as him. But <laughs> both, but he is Matt <laughs> once to the T. Other than if Matt had, if he had so for sure, drinking heavily on podcasts. Saying whatever he wants, pissing everyone off, not caring, <laughs> loving baseball, and loving fantasy baseball. This is he is Matt once, other than being socially awkward. Yep, that is true. Um, so I really only got like one or two more. I feel like we've talked about this. I actually had Trevor Bauer mine too. So uh, I'll do one more, and then we'll finish up. Everyone got one. Yeah. And we'll move on. Yeah, great. with that. All right, so uh, I'm going to do Mike Soroka from uh, PJ's team. He only had a couple players anyways, and uh, actually Mike Soroka is kind of one that I like. I've heard this maybe a handful of times, but you get four or five prospects, you know, in real baseball, and you hope one hits. Uh, Dom and I had this conversation about the Rays uh, back in when was it, whenever they drafted – what's his name? Um, Bronco? Blake Snell. No, so. so when they drafted Blake Snell, he was, uh, I think it was a restricted free agent actually. But anyways, long story short is they, had, no, they had, they had, they had, se- they had seven first round picks. Guess how many panned out? One, it was Blake Snell. Now, I mean, he really panned out. So if he had, if they had two that were like just below Blake Snell, you know, but, um, it doesn't, I mean, it, it takes a lot like that. And where I'm getting at is that Mike Soroka's in, in the mix in, you know, Atlanta, they had, what, five other guys all on the same draft class? 
all in the first or second round that uh what three years ago and uh, he is definitely not you know the he he wasn't the one that they thought was going to be the best and he's turned out to probably be the one of the best ones so yeah. far so uh, I, i'm 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 a little high on him this year you know if it wasn't the fact that it was on pj's team i would try to get him um pj wants to sell his players for more than they're worth and he wants to buy players for less than what they're worth. And, you know, that's just PJ's style. So, you know, so be it. I just, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go in a trade with him for that particular reason, but I do like Mike Soroka this year. Yeah. It's funny. Like remember the Cubs like four years ago and we're like, man, all these prospects are hitting. Baez is hitting, Schwarber's hitting, is going to hit, Ian Happ's going to hit. Like all these prospects are going to hit. And now look at us. We're, we're, we're struggling because the prospects didn't pan out like we thought they would. Uh, they just had hot starts. They got a World Series, which is fantastic. Go Cubs. And now it's like, what, what what's going on? What, what went wrong? And I think that Atlanta, um, I think more of their prospects have hit. And I think they've had a lot. They have really deep pitching. And Mike Soroka is kind of just one of those guys that, you know, one of the many um, that are going to work out really well for that organization. Um, and I guess I'll use the Braves as a transition. I'm going to go to Ozzy Albies. Um, I drafted this guy for $24 my first year in the league. Um, and it's one of those guys that, again, it's not going to return value in the sense of – for Dom in the sense of this guy this guy's going to yield a 36 or $40 in value this year for him. But second base is shallow. Ozzy Albies plays second base and – that is a very good player at $24 um, to where I think in the draft, he would probably be going for 30, 32. Um, and it's just a solid person that Dom knows he has on his team. He knows the floor that he provides and he's going to really be able to build around him going into the draft. My guy, last guy is a uh, please act. Uh, I was Chris has him. Uh, I was thinking about getting him. Uh, and he kind of beat me to it, and I didn't have a, a contract to put him on, but I was watching him, and, you know, he's he's a young guy. He definitely shows uh, signs of when he's pitching well, and he also struggles, but he, I think he's going to get it together, and he's going to be a real good uh starting pitcher. I'm not saying he's going to be top 10, but he'll probably be in the 15s, and uh, that's the guy, Chris Scott, that I like. That was a hard drop. So I dropped Plesak last year, and Chris scooped him up after I dropped him. That was a tough drop. The Indians know what they're doing with pitching, and Plesak is going to fit in nicely at the back of their rotation. So That was uh, a good idea, Maddie. I enjoyed it. Um, so I think we went a little longer than we wanted to, but uh, I thought it was some good conversation. I didn't think we'd talk about Eric Hosmer as long as we did, but Sean, <laughs> reach out to Matt, uh, Max, screw Maddie. And uh, our next topic uh, about projections, uh, you guys want to, Max, you want to start us off with that? What you well, like to use? Sure. I, I, I use a really not a projection uh, tool. I use ATC. Um, it's an aggregator. So it takes all the projection, all the projection tools out there that have been proven 
to be useful. And that's what I use to kind of find my values and find my, and especially right now with trading going on, just, you know, being able to know if I, if I make a move, will I be able to replace them in the draft or is this someone else I need to just hold on to? It also helps me a lot with my values um, to say if my values are in, online or not online. Um, but I did like the fact that Matt put down Pakoda and I know you have to pay for that. So it's just kind of another paywall <laughs> paywall that Mr. Smoke and Mirrors back there is must be behind. He's behind another paywall that we don't know about. That's a $10 one. That's his $10 one. That's a Nick. It's not my it's like a $60 one. paywall. Oh, he also has a ten dollar one. He's, he's. I'm I I don't I'm not uh, the the ten dollar one is what uh, I'm using this year. He has that the athletic and, uh, and Percota. So he's got he's paying for three this year. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm paying for three. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> We're tearing the fourth wall down. So it's so Maddie, tell me tell me a little bit about this Percota, Maddie. <laughs> You never heard I've of Pakoda before? I don't know if the rest of our listeners have. So, I, ha- I so so I just want to I just want to start this conversation off with the story, right? So we have an Alexa, right? I don't know if you guys got one, but we have an Alexa. My son, my oldest, Elliot, loves to just ask the damn thing for like a thousand different things, you know. And sometimes we go and like Alexa, you know, we ask it really weird things. And today I asked it. I said. Alexa, what are the Chicago Cubs projected for in 2020 this year? Projection, an estimated or forecast of a future uh, situation or trend based on a study of present ones. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, all right, you know, I'm just going to – I just wanted to know more about that word projection because for crying out loud, we have projection systems off the wazoo. We just talked about three. And or I don't know if we talked about it, but the bat. The bat is one that I've used in the past that I kind of like – and Max has uh, wrote on uh, one of the notes that they actually bet has done pretty well with uh, its projections over the past couple of years. And yeah, um, I don't know about 2019, but I know for a fact that 2018 and 17, they were the most accurate project projection system. Yeah, they were. I don't know about, I, I agree with it. Exactly. I don't know about 2019, but I know about yeah. the other two. Um, and, you know, more I looked into it, um, a lot of these projection systems take into, like you said, an aggregate, so, for example, Kershaw, we talked about Kershaw earlier and we like him. He had a bad – if you go three years back, that third year back, three years ago, it was bad. And so that's going to be affected by it. So when you do take a projection into consideration for your draft prep, you do need to take that into consideration by looking at some of these things. And the one thing that I kept looking at was – want to go behind them the curtain here a little bit, um, Cole's strikeout rate or strikeouts, 298, both are projected by what ATC in the bat, yeah. I think. And steamer projects him for a little less. So he had an insane strikeout rate last year. Um, he had it off of some bad games, some really, really bad games. You and teams he had, right? no, he had he had four really bad games, individual games last year where he got blown up. I mean, his ERA was like in the sevens, but he also had some amazing games. He had one or two. He had one in Texas. I know it was in the sevens against the Rangers, and he had one in Oakland that was in the sevens. But in both of those games, he had like 12, 13K. 
I guess is what I looked at when I break down a projection. I look at a projection and I break it down. It's like, why is this looking at this? And I look back at his case, you know, for Cole, for example, and I look back and I just, I, I guess, I, I, you know, just, just kind of summing it up. I don't believe that 298 case. Do I think he's going to get 250, 260? Yes. But I also think that he's still going to get blown up a little bit. I think that that K rate is primarily because he, he gets blown up in four or five games a year, maybe less, but he gets blown up and then, he gets like, you know, 20 K's or 15 K's, you know, maybe something, you know, that's exaggerating. And I know that projection system with that 298 is like, eh, man, I don't know. And, and then I, I know why it's that way. It's because he, he just is that pitcher. Even in Pittsburgh, he was the same pitcher. So that's a little bit why or how I look at projections. I do go look at the last three years or four years, and then I kind of break it down from there. Um, but um, Prakota, the one that you were talking about, it's on baseball prospectus. And um, it's a little bit more – I mean, it breaks it down a lot. Um, I'm not, I don't know if I really want to get into what it is and everything. But um, they have a new one that's called the Axe. And basically what it is, it takes a different variables and then adds them all together, and then it gives you this simulated either auction value and or stake value. Yeah. And then from there, you can plug in your league and all the players, if you have already, you know, keepers and things like that, and it devalues players that are worth more. So, example, uh, Lorenzo Cain, right? Dom has on his team right now. It, it, it's giving a player of Lorenzo Cain's value. How much you got for $20, $24, yeah. right, Dom? So what this projection system does on the axe, basically it gives you that player would be a negative, I think it's negative like $6 on your team. So your team is carrying a negative $6 in value of projection because he's not, so that $24 is what you're paying for him. He is getting, it's, it, the difference is negative $6 is how it does it. So, kind it, of. so Pakoda values him at 16 based on, based on our settings. Based on our settings versus and how much Dom has him and how much he's how much he has yeah, him. For. So Dom has him for twenty four. You're saying that it's a negative six value. So I'm guessing that that's an eighteen dollar value. No, he, he values him at negative six dollars. That so, projection it, so of what for it's Dom, giving so him. So for Dom, it's negative six, negative thirty dollars, because he's already paying just a negative paying twenty four though. All I know is I put him in at twenty twenty four dollars. It shot up negative. I think six. it's I think it's eighteen dollars. I don't think yeah. He's so a it's an eighteen dollar six dollar player. No, he's not a negative six dollar player. Six dollar player. It's that. It's his, a negative. Yeah, it's yes. a value. Yeah, from twenty four. And he's a value. He's not. He's not an eighteen dollar player either. Well, he's not a negative six dollar player. Well, he's not an eighteen. He's not an eighteen dollar player because of all the other contracts in our league, and I. I like you a lot, but there's no way in hell you put in all our contracts into Pakoda and got it to spit out values. I, I didn't. I put it to, I put it back. I, I don't think you did that. I still don't think you did that. But maybe you did. Maybe you did. <laughs> you do think about this game a lot. <laughs> I, I waste a lot of time. <laughs> but anyways, um, I did it. I've done it. So I've done this every year. I'm not going to lie. I have. I, I did that. I did that for all our teams and I've done it every year with um, uh, the other one that I paid for. And I didn't pay for it this year was the one I sent you. What was Roto that? Other, um, yeah. Rotochamp. I've done it every year with, I've done it the last three years with Rotochamp. 
And it never got me to the point where I wanted it. So I stopped last year and last year I didn't do anything. I, I, I the only thing I paid for was the 40% off of the athletic. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I, I thought the, the athletic was the reason I, I got it as far as I did. Um, but it wasn't, I mean, it's, you know, it's mainly my, you know, intuition and my good, um, skills. You and Eno Saris. No. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still haven't. Um, what, 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 I guess what I'm getting at is that predictions do help. You just got to really decide what. And, uh, I, I've chosen one this year. That's not the one I've chosen. Um, I have chosen. Yeah. I, I just, again, going back to what, like the topic in general projections, it's just, it's, it's all a fool's errand. It's kind of like, what, what are you going to, what are you going to focus on? What are you going to use? Like I sent you, I sent you guys like a, a video of all the podcasts I listen to. And I have, I have weeded out at least 80% of those to where I'm, I'm listening to a couple people. I'm listening to a couple sources. I'm doing a couple different things. And because it, it all becomes white noise to where you don't really know what the hell you're doing anymore. Um, but then you're going to sit down and then so you're going to sit down at our draft. And I think this is what Gus is going to learn the most about the league when he sits down at the draft on March 21st. And what I was talking to Dave about at winter, the draft is the most important part. The reason Scotty was so successful, I think last year is he read the room. He got, he got Trevor story for $25. Cause he read the room. He started to watch, he started to watch other rosters being built and he built his a little bit differently. Um, even the fact that he got Verlander at $45 and then he auto, auto bid every, every starting pitcher to $45 for the next. Cause he was like, I'll take two aces if I can get them both for $45 and nobody else paid for anybody cheaper than they paid for, than he paid for Verlander. So just that ability to read the room a little bit. And um, that's, I think, again, I think I've had a good off season. I think I have a pretty good team. But I could blow it on March 21st. I can have a terrible draft, even though I'm only looking for seven spots on my roster. And I could I could fall back to the pack or I could become a might maybe in the playoffs team very quickly. Um, so these projections and these tools, I think whatever whatever you do, whether you're looking at Twitter or whether you're looking at fan graphs or whether you're paying for Pakoda whatever you do, you stick to your, whatever you do, you stick to your guns and you've got to have a good draft. You've got to go in there with a plan. And then when somebody goes for $10 more than you thought they were going to go for, you've got to have a backup plan. Um, and I think that's the most important part of just all leagues in general is just draft day. And I'm, I'm getting excited. It's like a month away. Yeah. I was just going to piggyback on that real fast. And, um, you know, last year was one of the first years that, I'd say maybe 80% of the guys I wanted went for more than what I projected them to go for. And I'd say maybe 90 to 95% of the guys they wanted were just brought up. And I was like shocked that all my guys are being brought up. And uh, like I said, I didn't really have a, um, a paywall or I didn't have a particular site that I was like, or two or three sites that I was like, you know, using really last year. And I was just, kind of winging it toward the end of the draft, you know, and I just had a couple of names that were like left on the bottom of my list and had to pick some of those guys up. And um, you do need to have like some deep, deep 
players because they're going to be brought up. And I think more people are into projections now than they were before. Just listening to Niz talk yesterday or the other day, I was like, holy shit. Might have stepped his game up a little bit. Uh, you know, Dave from previous last year, not thinking he noted he knew, he knew jack shit and talking to him over last year and the trade and everything definitely was wrong about that. And, uh, you know, Max is bringing his A game. Dom definitely has a, a good strategy this year from last year and just players he's picked up. So it's, it's definitely uh, more interesting. And I agree. I am, I am itching. I got like uh, the bugs are crawling all over me. I honestly feeling. feel like I would have drafted better three weeks ago because my mind is just completely overwhelmed. Like it's just, I've just overloaded myself to where it's like, is this a good picture? Is this a bad picture? This guy had, this guy had him projected here. This system had him projected there. This commentator said this about him. Uh, let me just, let me just get, let me just whatever. And so it's just kind of like, I, I really feel like I'm set. I'm ready for the draft. Um, I'm not, not to say that I'm not interested in Eric Hosmer anymore. Cause I am, but um, I'm going to let things come to me and I'm going to discuss things that come to me. Um, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm just right now I'm focused on the roster I have and getting ready for the draft on the 21st. <laughs> just, the, just like, it was literally yesterday. I heard something on a podcast about a player. I'm like, Oh yeah, really? I'm like, okay, cool. And I went on my cheat sheet, whatever you want to call it. And he was highlighted in like orange and orange for me is just below yeah. red. And I was like, all <laughs> right. I wasn't on this guy. I am. I was about five seconds ago. I wanted to highlight them green or, you know, one of my stupid colors I have. And I was like, holy yeah. crap. But I will so. say this is like Niz and a couple other guys gave you a lot of credit for last year when you started this podcast. This off season has been chucked full of activity. Last off season, there was nothing. It's just kind of like the season ended. Winter meetings happened. A couple things happened in winter meetings. And then the draft happened. And I think there's been a lot of activity there's been a lot of conversation and maybe it's just because I'm starting to get you guys, get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, and you guys are, I'm more incorporated into the league, but what this podcast is like, what you guys have done with this, you know, week, weekly podcast conversation, I think it's just, it's kept a lot more people engaged um, to where it's on top of mind. And um, we're really, you know, it's, it's just changing the league. And I think that as much as, you guys want to say that the league is changing because more people are focused on minor league and more people are focused on projections. I think it has a lot to do with these conversations that you guys are having every week. So more credit to you guys about just really revitalizing um, what's going on inside the league. Thank you. We appreciate that. And we do appreciate everyone that's listening and joining us and putting their insight in. So, it's been fun. I know, especially for me last year, with being out of it, it definitely kept me more engaged, for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I thank you two for sharing your your kind of your thoughts about how you uh, research uh, guys and talking about the love of uh, the loves you have in this game. And then, uh, you got any final thoughts before we wrap it up, Max? I do want to say one thing. I booked my flight. What are we doing for the draft? Is it a live draft? Are we playing, are yes, we playing it, basketball I, this, after the draft? What's going on? I think you guys need to have Ken on, and you guys need to solidify all this stuff. I was just going to say that. So, um, 
Ken. I don't even know if he listens, but um, that's exactly what I would like to do next week. It would be almost just shy of a month, or it'd be almost one month next week. Ken, I would love for you to be on, and let's um, let's get some info going. So, Dom, expect a text thread between me, you, and Ken. I'm gonna be hitting him up pretty much every day starting tomorrow about what's going on for next week. And then we will get Ken on. He can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. But we're going to talk about the draft and exactly what the um, the in and, the ins and outs of what it's going to be. But, yes, it's going to be a live draft from, you know, whatever PJ said. It's his dad, and that's what's going on. All right. And then my other thing is, is Maddie. The guy you loved was Trevor Story. Right. I yeah. think that Manny Machado outperforms Trevor Story. Bottle of liquor. Wow. Bottle of liquor. Uh, all right. Well, well I, I'm, okay. I'm game. I'm game. Okay. I'm, but what, 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 what categories? Yeah. Rank? No, 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 no. We always do this. At the end of the season, go to our Yahoo yes. page, our Yahoo League, and just click on the number. And if he's high or lower, that wins. That's, That's what we're going to do. That works for me. I got Manny Machado. You got Trevor. You have Trevor Story. I'm good with that. Bottle of liquor. Let's put a price tag on the liquor. Sixty-five dollar bottle of liquor. Sixty-five. Fifty. Fifty. All right. What do you want to do? I'm pretty confident. I'm pretty confident right here. No, I can. I can get. I can get my hands on a bottle of Blanton's for probably under fifty. Um, I get my hand on a bottle of Eagle Rare for probably about forty nine. We'll do fifty. Fifty dollar bet. Bottle of liquor. It's not. It's not cash. It's bottle of liquor. Does it matter? I mean, like whiskey bet, dude. My yeah, favorite no, whiskey, your favorite whiskey, fifty dollar bottle. My favorite whiskey is more than fifty dollars. Well, <laughs> well, you have to find your one. Favorite, your favorite fifty dollar whiskey. Yes. That's not, that's probably not true. My favorite whiskey is probably like twelve dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's my daily drink. But... <laughs> okay, so we got we got our first steak and liquor bet, and I'd love to Beautiful. see more. I would love to see more. You know, I, I'm gonna. All right, Dom can ask me. All right, cool, good. Hey, what's any final thoughts, Maddie? You know, thanks for asking. Yes, uh, I would love to see this year a page. Um, someone, yeah, go ahead. Thank you. Um, a page. Uh, someone needs to like take this on, and I want to see it. I almost. I mean, I don't want to see someone make a you know a freaking web page on it. But we need to have more bets. And more like, you know, um, this week someone's going to do this or week someone's going to do this. If I had more time on my hands, I, I would do it. Um, we could tie it into the podcast. But how cool would it be at the end of every week to have the person who is in charge of the bet board to come on the podcast at the end of the podcast just for five, ten minutes and be like, okay, you know, you know, uh, whatever your name is, you know, Billy Bob. What's going on? Well, this week we didn't have any weekly bets or daily bets, but we had a couple, you know, ones that are still going on. Here's they are, here they are, and that's about it. Or we had two weekly bets. Ken bet Sean that Eric Hosmer was going to hit more home runs than uh, Willie Smith, and he did, and he owes him uh, something, something or another. Here's a picture of it. I think that'd be so much fun. Uh, whoever's willing to do it, take it on. I think Dave um, would I'll- do a great job at that. 
Dave would do it. If Dave doesn't do it, I'll do it. But I, I feel like the more, the more side bets, as long as it's not like fantasy money, like I'm going to send you two fantasy bucks. It's just no, that's yeah. And, but I, I think it, like I said, I, I think the, the more, the more we do around this actual league, the podcast, betting, winter meetings, summer, spring convention, all those things, I think are great ideas. And it's just bringing, it's bringing life to the life to the league that I think that new people like Gus are going to appreciate and incorporate themselves faster. And then the guys that have been in the league for a couple of years are just going to continue to enjoy what we do. I agree. And there was, I mean, there was a couple of times last year I forgot. And like, I remember I was like, I don't know if it was PJ or Sean, but like I wasn't even playing them. And I was trying to, make a bet that my guy, whoever was on my team is going to be better than their guy because I picked him up uh, or I don't even know what it was. But I was like, I, I want to make a bet and not to say they didn't want to make the bet. I just, I didn't offer it. So, um, that, but that would have been fun to make a bet for a week or, yeah. you know, whatever. All right, Dave, if you don't do it, I will. I'm sure we hope to hear from him. Uh, Max, thanks for coming on uh, little show this week. Uh, Niz, thanks for your email. Maddie, thanks for all your work as you always do on Google Docs and working organizing this. And hopefully we will have Ken on next week to finalize most of the details for the draft. And till then, you stay classy, Chicago baseball. <laughs>